everybody. Hi, friends. Well, in beautiful Salt Lake City, Utah, it's Thank God I'm Atheist, the podcast. I'm Frank Feldman. And I'm Dan Beecher. And coming up today, there have been a lot of changes over at the LDS Church. Just down the street. And uh, almost literally just down the street. And we're going to talk about kind of uh, what the what it all means, and we have some predictions of our own as well. Oh, yeah, we're going to we're going to predict Mormons. This we're, is a fun little pastime. We're going to prophesy. We're going to prophesy. But Mormons love to love. They love to speculate about little changes in the church, right? Ooh, I hear that they're going to have right. a gospel doctrine. Yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. manual. Oh, it's going to be something. Well, but they've actually had some some significant changes. Some major and, changes. Uh, and we're going to talk about those, but that's on the second half of the show. I feel like the Mormons have whiplash at this point. <laughs> there's need, there needs, there, there's going to start, there's going to be a rash of people going to therapy just going, I don't know what to do. I, I'm not going to church an hour or less on Sundays and it just doesn't feel right. Well, we're going to be talking about more than just that. So. Yes, indeed. All right. Uh, but coming up first, Dan. Yeah. Um, I've got a story about the Shroud of Turin. <laughs> A little bit of an update here. Then now, right? now, for those who aren't aware, the Shroud of Turin is 100% unequivocally, absolutely <laughs> a cloth placed over that that was placed over Jesus and oh, absolutely. has and has his really remarkably not human-like features uh, imprinted on it forever. Absolutely. Um, discovered what back a few hundred years ago. Right, in, I don't. I don't actually know the full origin story in Torino, Italy, for Turin. no reason. Yeah, um, but most uh, mainline scientists, yeah. anybody who's actually really looked at the thing, right, they all agree that it is a fake, right, that was created in the 14th century. This is this is the general that carbon dating has been used to like look at the shroud, right. so forth and so on. Uh, and yeah, as you point out, the image that's there is just. Not. Uh, it doesn't look like a person. Doesn't really look too. too it's, human. it's weird. I mean, it, I mean, you 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 see it and you read it as that's a human, but that it's a drawing of a person. It's not an actual. Right. Well, also, since when do blankets that are placed over you hold your image after the fact, Dan? <laughs> I know that's what makes it a miracle. Right. It's that- a. It's this a, is where you need to, like, you clearly are trying to apply the reason and logic I of, like, of, 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 of human understanding. It's a, de, it's a daguerreotype science shroud. science isn't going to help you understand that better. <laughs> it's a tintype shroud. It's, it's just not, that's just, that's ludicrous. There was, there was silver in it somehow. There was not. Um, however, science uh, sort of. Scientists, yes, quote air quoting in scientists big, in big fat air quotes, sure. um, have uh, continued to look into uh, the the shroud of Turin, and they're trying to do uh, research and studies on it that uh, help us better understand Christ and oh, uh, so forth. So good. they have actually now there have been a group of researchers who have actually hung men on a cross. And added blood to them okay. while they're hanging on the cross. Oh my god! Uh, okay, and, and then wrapping them in <laughs> in <laughs> shrouds similar to the sh- the shape and cut and everything of the shroud tour. Okay, in order to show that the blood markings <laughs> on the on the 
the so-called real Shroud of Turin, right, uh, are are legitimately from a human being. Why are they trying was, so hard to like prove a thing that is n- definitely not? Well, the thing I know, and like if you're already a belie- these people clearly already believe in Jesus Christ, right? So why does that? That's what they need to believe in. Why are they so obsessed about this sh- shroud yeah. and whether or not it's real? And like, the what f- lessons can you learn? You already believe in Jesus. You don't need anything. <laughs> yeah, else. the fact or right. non-fact of a piece of cloth right. is irrelevant. I mean, I th- it, you can just let it go. It, oh, it wasn't authenticated. Great, we'll let it go. It's it makes me believe though that these people actually have a lot of deeply held doubts about Jesus. <laughs> right. And they, they just, just desperately need the Shroud of Turin to be right. proof. I need this to be proof. real, you guys. Don't try to take this um, from me. I need this. But um, th- there's this whole thing that like... <laughs> th- th- so they're saying that the that these tests, right, and showing that a man, <laughs> a man with sort of a similar body shape and everything and features of the one represented in the shroud right. would leave these kind of marks, right? <laughs> that this is a, 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 that it supports the hypothesis that the shroud is authentic. Mm. Um, and I say, no, it only shows that maybe perhaps in order to create the shroud, they did wrap a body. Right. That was covered in blood. It yeah. shows that you you were able to fake the Shroud of Turin. It seems like it's proof that the Shroud of Turin could be fake. Right. Yes, exactly. It doesn't well, seem proven it. Proof. Oh, good. <laughs> We've proven that you can do... Oh, wait a minute. Oh, oh, oh shit. Oh. Oh. We didn't think that through all the way <laughs> to the end. Oh, my God. Well, there you go. Uh, and I also just love... There seems to be this... this they, 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 they're also talking about how, like, they've had to, like, adjust how they were, like, um, like where the, 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 the marks on the hands would have been uh-huh. and, like, how the ha- their understanding of how the hands might have been, like, nailed to the cross. Uh-huh. Um, that the, the, the these, that staging it this way to make it, to, to, to duplicate the shroud. Yeah. They, they now have new understanding about, like, those things. And I'm like... <laughs> Like this wasn't already a historic thing that <laughs> Romans did. There was a methodology. Yeah. Like, like you're not disgu- like like you shouldn't be trying to make it work for the shroud. You should be trying to make it work for how Romans actually understood yeah. anatomy and nailing someone to a cross. I mean, it was it was it was a real thing. I just love like I, yeah. they, they they forget that Jesus Christ was not the only person who was ever nailed to a cross. Right. The Romans did this all the time. Yeah. It was their, one of their favorite forms of torture. It's one of my favorite forms. <laughs> all right. Anyway. Well, there you go. Dum-dums. Yeah. There's no shroud. Uh, there, well, there's there a, shroud. a shroud. There's a there shroud. Is, there is a shroud. There's an old cloth right. with a dude on it's it. It's just not 2,000 years old. <laughs> right. It's only 600 years old. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I'm going to take us. So the Southern Baptist uh, Conference... Which, uh, which is you know the 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 great, the the sort of overarching uh, the overarching organization that uh, the convention. Sorry, the the Southern Baptist Convention. Sure, um, is 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 the governing body of of the denomination of the Southern Baptists. Perfect. Okay, <clears throat> and they are grappling with a bunch of revelations about sex abuse. 
by pastors and uh, and and employees of the church. Okay, and it's tricky, and it's uh, and it's a big thing. And I actually, after having read several articles on it, because they, they they've convened and they're they're talking about this very thing a lot. Right. I'm 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 going to just say that I'm very impressed with the current president of the Southern Baptist Convention, a guy named J.D. Greer. Okay. Who uh who is a young guy, he's in his early 40s or mid 40s and he is taking the shit head on. Really? So I'm giving the dude props. Okay. He is literally like his own church uh which I believe is in South Dakota. Sorry, South Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> That's a not that southern. Very, very different thing. <laughs> uh, no, South Carolina. His own church has really strict uh, rules in place for anyone who's going to be uh, in contact with any children. Uh, they have to go through background checks. They have to be uh, shadowed for months and blah blah blah. Good. Okay. Yeah. So he's he's got he's got it sort of down. His his mega church, which has like you know ten thousand attendees across several campuses. They wow. actually have to go through like some pretty serious stuff. If you're going to be a, a, a pastor or a youth minister or a Sunday school teacher or even a volunteer. Right. So that's amazing. And he has, but there's no, there's no national rules. There's no rules in place for the national organization. Uh-huh. Uh, so because they, yeah, and they've been sort of hiding behind this. Well, each of our, each, you know, there's this individual autonomy of each of the congregations. Mm-hmm sort of ethos within the group and he's saying this is bullshit we because there was some some texas newspapers actually came out with some uh some big revelations they they got a list of the uh of of the pastors and stuff in the southern baptist uh in churches within texas and then they compared them against a list of uh sex offenders mm-hmm found some that were on both lists which is a little frightening but also like there's obviously a problem right uh within wow. the southern baptist church right of of this kind of thing now i one of the interesting articles that i looked at was on the uh rns R- religious religion news service uh and it was saying and it was written by uh a guy named uh thomas reese okay um, and it basically is comparing the crisis uh, in the Catholic Church with the crisis in the Southern Baptist Church, and it points out some very interesting things about the Catholic Church crisis. Okay. Because a lot of us want to say, well, it's about the celibacy of the priests, it's about the blah, blah, blah. And what he's saying is, you know what? This is happening, if this is happening this strongly in the Southern Baptist Church, then we have to know that it's not about the celibacy, because that's not a thing that applies. Right. It's not about homosexuality, which some people say because so many Catholic priests are gay, and that's sort of a haven for right for uh, gay people in the Catholic Church. It's right. a place for them to go. Right. It's not about that because you know these Southern Baptists they are you know they're they're straight, and they're still doing they're still you know molesting children including mm-hmm. boy children, you know, so it's not about the homosexuality. Okay. It's not the hierarchy. Anyway, it went through and all of the, what it points out is, well, now this wasn't the conclusion of this article, but I mean, if you've got a church with a lot of followers, 
you guess what? You, unless you're doing taking extreme measures to avoid it, you've got a problem with with sexual molestation. Yeah, it just it's just going it's just guaranteed to happen. It's just wow how this kind of system works. Somebody gets in power in a position of power in a position of extreme trust. And most people who are in those positions, I would say most priests, they're fine. Right. But that kind of a position inherently is going to lead to some cases that include that that include molestation and and, and just horrific behavior. Wow. It seems very likely that all I mean, and we report on this all the time. We report on it happening in the Mormon church, right. in Hinduism, in fucking yeah. uh Islam. It's just guaranteed. So uh, so I, I just thought that that was very interesting. But this Greer guy is actually like calling his own church very much to account hmm. and saying, you know what? We can't hide from this anymore. If you're not. And he's, he basically said, and we'll see how much teeth he's able to get into this rhetoric. But the rhetoric is if you're not uh, putting into place very strict uh safeguards yeah and if you're not addressing uh victims in an honest and open and real way and if you're not taking steps once you once you hear about a victimization if you're not you know contacting authorities and taking proper steps right to deal with it you're not in communion with this group wow so how, wow how did this kudos to this guy yeah he's got something figured out I feel like he does. I mean, it's rhetoric at this point, but I want to see. But I'm watching it because I right. because it I, I it seems like so obvious, you know. But but the churches like to protect their own, and they like to they like to rally around. You know, they know. circle their wagons. They need to protect their own children. Yeah, that's who they need to be protecting. Yeah. And this guy seems to get it. Well, huh? We'll see. I was oh, just pleased awesome. with that. Well, cool. Yeah. Um, and lessons to learn. About just organizations that work with children and yeah. vulnerable communities in general. Like, yeah. like make sure that you, you have everything in check. Because presumably an atheist community center right. that was meeting and had maybe like some little youth classes and this and that would, would also benefit from this. Benefit from this kind of thinking and these kind of procedures. 100%. So, 100%. If, yeah. you, if you run an organization in your local neck of the woods... Mm-hmm. And you, you, it doesn't matter how nice they seem. Right. If you're putting somebody in charge of a bunch of other people's kids, Woo. take steps. You better make sure. Take yeah. steps. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Um, so the Catholic Church is up to something. Uh-oh. Diane. Skun-tun-tun. Um, they're uh, coming up in May. A uh, group of scholars from a range of different disciplines are going to be gathering at uh, the uh, Gregorian University in Rome. Okay. And they're going to be discussing uh, the results of an effort that the church has been working on called Understanding Unbelief. Okay. Um, And this is all happening with sort of the church's involvement and the church's blessing um, the conference is going to be called Cultures of Unbelief, and they're working to try to understand why so many non-believers and unaffiliated folk are starting to come up out 
out of the the woodwork <laughs> and leaving their pews, right? And trying to live better lives without, you know, religion and Catholicism sure, sure. specifically, right? Here's um, a here's a question for you. Are they actually asking any unbelievers or are they just No, they are. Okay. Oh, absolutely. Cuz a yeah. lot of these things they you you hear a lot of like religious people talking about what's going on with uh atheists and unbelievers and it becomes instantly clear that they're they haven't ever heard from one of those people <laughs> yeah um but um apparently uh this whole um the growth of the non-believer mm-hmm. this this group in in society um is it's largely been seen as as a western phenomenon ah. um specifically very european and starting to really get get going here in the United States. Right. Um, apparently though, um, the, they're, they're looking hard at South Korea, Vietnam, and Japan where the sort of same mentality is also on the rise. People are leaving the more traditional or the more formal, you know, religions that they were a part of, uh, in particular, the, this next generation. Mm. Um, and they just, they just, they're not interested in it. They're not interested in organized belief, organized um, uh, faith of, right. of any kind, right? And so, um, but this is all, this is not the first time that the Catholic Church has done this. Uh, 50 years ago, uh, they had a, uh, another conference. Uh, called the culture of unbelief. Huh. This one is cultures of unbelief. That oh. one is the culture of unbelief. Oh wow! Um, Look, you guys, we got multiple cultures going. <laughs> Good job, everybody. Um, but at that time, they set up a pontifical secretariat <laughs> for non-believers, uh, the Secretariatus pro non credentibus. Mm. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. Um, and the whole goal of that was to dialogue with non-believers. By the way, Pontifical Secretariat is my drag name, just so <laughs> you know. I just wanted to get that out there. <laughs> uh, anywho. Um, but yeah, that one was put together by uh, Pope Paul VI. Mm. Um, he saw atheism as one of the most serious matters of the time interesting um and uh work has work has continued the secretariat uh continues uh to to operate at the the vatican i think we should Um, volunteer to meet with them well we'll give them what for we'll we'll show them we'll we'll tell them what they're missing you speak italian we can do it ah yeah i do Um, wow (laughs) i hadn't realized that that was italian I've, i've been misusing it so much uh, yeah, I just thought that was very interesting that they have uh, have have put together this thing um, that they expect about three thousand people to attend. Mm. Um, well, they and, have a uh, problem. <laughs> We're leaving. We're yeah, out. They've got a huge problem. Peace. Yeah, and they want to better understand how to talk to us, mm. how to reach us. Yes, right. You so the, here's the here's the hint. You can't. The next time you feel like the Catholic Church is reaching out to you, run away. They probably are. Yes, they are. Right. And and if the and if that reaching out looks like it's aimed at your crotch, leave. That's, <laughs> or stay. I don't know. That you're a grown person. They're better known for that reaching that's, out. That's the reaching out that they've been doing. 
Might be part of the reason why people are leaving. You never know. Anywho, uh, wow. So we've gone from some from Baptists to Catholics to Methodists. Schism watch. Oh yeah, you love this topic. Oh, I love I love looking for schisms, and I think the United Methodists. They might, they might skiz. We are in. A, oh a, no! We are on the precipice. The of disunited, true. Uh, the deunited, the non-united, the divided Methodist, the far less united Methodist Church. <laughs> um, they're meeting th- at the end of this month. Okay, and they are going to be discussing uh, on possible new rules to allow uh, LGBT clergy. Oh my. And to uh, and to officially allow uh, LGBT weddings, marriages. What are they thinking? Well, they're you this know this is going to cause uh, serious problems, Dan. Yes. What, what does the Lord think of this? Have they asked the Lord? Well, they, what the Lord thinks? Here's the problem: they have, and He's told them different things. So, uh, for no, instance, no, no, no. The Lord has His mind made up, Dan. <laughs> You think? He never says different things to different people. You think? This well, never happens. Well, uh, tell that to Reverend My- Myron McCoy okay, uh, from Chicago, yeah. who is very excited about uh, about allowing in the gays. He's he's super on board with, with, with he wants to ride that gay train. Sounds like a good guy. Yes. Uh, versus... Uh, well, you know, okay, so you won't be surprised to learn that, that the African United Methodists are unhappy with this with this prospect. Oh, boy. Uh, I read an interesting article from Nairobi in Kenya, following, you know, Richard, or, sorry, Reverend uh, Wilton Ondogo, Ondongo, Odongo. Man, I, it took me a couple rounds at that one, but I got it in the end. <laughs> Anyway, uh, that reverend is very much opposed to this and is horrified by the prospect, right? And doesn't know what to do. Um, if this, if this, he's going to be. Uh, I think he's going to be at the convention that's convening to talk okay. about it, and he yeah. is. He's very worried about it. Uh, in the Reverend Jeff Kersey from Lexington, South Carolina, on the other hand, knows exactly what to do with his very large flock. Uh, which is he plans on leaving. Wow. He, he, uh, he's, uh, he's, his, his, uh, Mount Horeb United Methodist Church will likely become Mount Horeb, no longer United Methodist Church. Some other Methodist. Some are other, other. What are the other Methodists? I don't know anything about Methodists. I don't know. Can they, is there another Methodist group they can, I hope they won't be alone, Dan, yeah. in their methodologies. In their, Methodistologies. Uh, 44,000 churches worldwide in the United Methodist Church. Wow. Uh, 31,000 okay. in the United States of okay. America. And uh, and they are, they're, schiz- they're headed to schism. One way or t'other, uh, whether they stay with the old, with, with the old rules. Right. And then the more liberal churches leave. Right. Or they move to the new rules and the more conservative churches leave. Oh. It's You gays it's are just causing people. You're causing division in this land, in this world. That's not what we ever wanted, Dan. It's what you're doing. 
It's what no. you're doing. Ours is a message of peace, Dan. First, you steal the rainbow. Well, then nobody had ever really claimed it, Dan. Uh, the Lord claimed it with Moses. It was um, the Lord hadn't used it in a long time. <laughs> and then, and then you steal the perfectly happy word "gay," ruin that one. And now what? Now you're just breaking churches. Now we up. get the Methodists. Now you get. Now you're now Dan. Now you're. We get the Met. We got the them. rainbow. <laughs> we got the word "gay." And thank you. We now own the Methodists. There's a gay juggernaut just marching through, tearing up and churches. Now you are unstoppable you're with the, these Methodists. You're not under our control. Your next Methodists. <laughs> oh it's amazing there you go well dan yes another problem at churches right now Uh uh-huh is uh that they're having a hard time funding themselves yeah right it's really because they're losing parishioners Uh and we've largely moved to a cashless society right we just don't carry as much cash around no used to i don't have anything to put in that collection plate sorry it's not like we can just we're gonna whip out a checkbook and write right i don't have more i don't have one of those either hmm so what form of payment do we use what could we do all the time that churches just haven't really gotten on board with you're gonna pass around the collection Card swiper? Essentially, yes. <laughs> uh, a group of... Uh, so the um, Archdiocese of Dublin in mm-hmm. Ireland um, is uh, testing a, uh, a, a card payment system. Mm-hmm. Uh, they plan on having a number of uh, card uh, readers mm-hmm. at the back of the chapel. I see. Right, so that as you're leaving, you can just go by. They're, these are going to be these nice, fancy contactless type. And you just tap your card. Oh. Those are really the contactless cards are really popular what, in other parts what, of the what, world. What about the chip We're and pin? Behind. What about the chip and pin? Well, they may do chip and pin as well. <laughs> I don't know, um, but um, they're they're going to be. They they feel like that when the plate goes around, yeah, they're just not getting enough money anymore. Right. And here's the deal. The local parishes have traditionally really, really, really relied on the money from that fucking plate. Yeah. That's what keeps the parish largely running. Sure. Is is that money. Well, Ireland has seen a massive drop in uh, their sort of people who claim to be Catholic. Yeah. Um, And so, like, in 1981, more than 90% of the population described themselves as Catholic. Uh, just uh, three years ago, that number had fallen to seventy-eight percent. Right. Uh, obviously, it's it's still well, Catholic, the- still the thing in Ireland. Right. Um, but even just self-identifying doesn't mean that you also go to church. Well, and also and- yeah, because in Ireland it was like it's it's this uh, for the longest time it was part of your ide- as much a part of your identity as your last name. It was mm-hmm. like. You, it was uh, how you picked sides in a war yeah. and stuff. But now that's a less of an issue. And also, yeah, I mean, people people are just sort of wising up to religion in general. I mean, when, the last time the Pope went there, nobody showed up. I know. They don't want anything to do with it anymore. Yeah, I mean, it is interesting. They obviously passed uh, that constitutional, um, like, didn't they make a constitutional change 
this last go like recently where they legalized abortion yeah um yeah all like they're they're going they're going nuts over they're going whole hog yeah yeah well needless to say that has their leader their catholic leaders uh very concerned oh yes about the church they're scrambling so if you happen to find yourself in uh in a in a catholic church in Ireland, in dublin mm-hmm. you can now uh, you now have an easy way to pay for the services Bloop. the the relig- the spiritual services you just received what's their venmo handle you know see this is the thing that is what they should be doing they need yeah. venmo they need like they need a moment in, instead of passing around the plate where everybody just pulls out their phone yes Sends you know Venmo's the church and now a bit of money. as we give the homily, please open your PayPal to chapter eight verse six. Yeah. There are plenty of people though who feel that the cash machines in the back are a little tacky. Well, yeah, I mean the card machines in the back. Yeah, I'd love it if they were actually like ATMs. Oh my god, that would be um, funny too. So that you could like, <laughs> so you can actually be seen. Here's the thing: you need to be seen putting the money in. Absolutely, to the thing like that's half of that. Yeah. I mean, the social pressure is half of the joy of the thing. Yeah. <laughs> so they, that's what they should do. Is yeah, is uh, yeah, you actually, and then you have to, swipe. and then you have to give a twenty. You know yeah. what I mean? Because it's not going to come out in denominations of one euro or right. whatever well then they also get to collect all those those wonderful wonderful uh atm fees yeah yeah boom you want baby. those atm fees yeah you do the atm fees are what it's all about yeah even if you just told your parishioners just get your cash here mm-hmm. and let us keep the atm fee yeah boom baby the church of the catholicism they're the the bank of catholicism that's right i'm surprised you know? they don't have their own Bank. Don't do they? <laughs> they I would be surprised. I would say that in the Vatican City, they probably have some kind of mm-hmm. financial institution. Oh, I'm sure that they have many uh, <laughs> oh, such things. Bless you. Gracias. God bless you. Um, I'm going to take us to Portland, Oregon. We'll close out with some good news. Um, not not good news yet, but a proposed good news. Uh, oh. There's a proposed ordinance in for in front of the Portland City Council. Uh, that would add non-religious people to as a protected class in their uh, in in their city, Portland. Yeah. What? Yeah. So the 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 Fufurf, the local chapter of the Fufurf, is is pushing to get this done so that they can uh, so that non-discrimination, so that discrimination against the those of us what don't believe in no Jeebus can uh, can be made illegal. Because because that it sucks. It sucks that people. There are pe- places, many places in this country, where you could deny housing to someone because they don't believe in God, or you know what I mean. Like it's there's a lot of bullshit going on. Right. So Portland is working to become one of the cities that uh, where that can happen. Now the the Fufurf's own Madison, Wisconsin, passed a similar ordinance back in 2015. I think oh. that's interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think it's a good thing for, uh, for, to have on the books. You need good to, for them. need to protect people. I, I would feel very welcomed. Right. Going to, uh, to Portland. Yeah. It's almost surprising after that, that it's not there now. I, I, I felt, I, I knew there was something that made me feel ill at ease 
the last mm. time I was in Portland. Mm, it's that. I don't know what that was. <laughs> Could have just been the uh, patchouli. Yes, yes, that <laughs> permeates the air there. It's true. Uh, so there you go. Good news. They're uh, they're working towards towards some good things. Some places in in literally the most liberal places in yeah. the country. <laughs> yeah. No, but great. Has to start somewhere. Yeah. Um, I applaud them. No, no. We need to get that done here. No word yet as to whether Tulsa's following suit <laughs> or Tulsa Mo- or Montgomery. You never know. You never do. Uh, <laughs> we'll see. I, I kind of already know. <laughs> well, friends, if you have any questions, comments, uh, things that you'd like to say about any of the stuff we've discussed mm. so far, you can write to us, podcast at thankgodamatheist.com. Or call and leave us a voicemail message. The mm-hmm. telephone number is 424-666-8442. Yep. Go to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash TGIAtheist, and click that like button. And while on Facebook, <laughs> yeah, search for the TGIA Members Only Lounge and request to join. It is a closed group, but we will let you in. Cha-ching! Dan. Yo. Uh, Chris McDonald has been coming up lately. Mm-hmm. This the the kooky guy with he, the <laughs> kooky drawl. And he has some great ideas. I feel like he, I feel like what we can say about him for sure is that he is uh he's a level headed thinker. A deep thinker. A deep uh dumb dumb man. <laughs> uh and he He's worried about some pop culture people. Oh, okay. Some pop icons. Oh, all right. So let's, well, hear let's, 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 let's hear what let's, he has to say about that. In. What we're finding out, these people are doing to the children and the pedophilia and the sex trafficking. And you know, all roads lead to Rome and all roads lead to Hollywood. When you get down to it, it's the influence of the masses. I mean, and again, I'll just say this again. I'm going to throw Lady Gaga into this. Uh, we talked about her on one of the shows with Zach, maybe in the first one or, or somebody we talked to about Lady Gaga. I don't know who it was, but Lady Gaga basically literally performed a satanic summing of a demon at the Super Bowl where the Falcons played the Patriots. Mm. And we Falcon fans are still crying about that. But but the halftime show was nothing but a demonic ritual. Okay? This lady who is full of the devil full of the devil. I pray for her soul every day. This past January, she's thrust into the scene of what? A blockbuster movie, a remake of a 1978 film called A Star is Born. There are no coincidences. No coincidences. You know what that is referencing, folks? What is Lucifer called? He's called the morning star or the fallen star, the eat whatever. You know, Jesus said, I am the morning and the evening star, but Satan is called the star. Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven as a star falls from heaven. And when you say a star is born, that is a reference. That was a slap to the American public with a demon, a Satanist, a practicing Satanist in the lead role that it's okay. A star is born. Satan is born to this world. <laughs> Wait, is that what that phrase means? I just, I, okay. A star is born? A, his logic's impeccable. <laughs> B, here's what I love. 
I love the fact that he he's basically saying that the use of the phrase a star mm-hmm. is a definite reference to Satan. Mm-hmm. And then he goes on to say, you know, Jesus is also a star. Oh, yeah. So wait, what if this is just a reference to that star? What if a star is born as a reference to Jesus himself? What about all the stars in Hollywood? Oh, my God. And and on television. Yeah. They're all satanic, Dan. Wait wait a minute. Wait a minute. Donald Trump referred to himself as a star. (gasps) We should actually email that in to McDonald. (laughs) Just see what he has. And play like a sort of an earnest, you know. Well, I mean. The uh, the most. Christian. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) The most famous clip of D- Donald Trump saying that is when you're a star, you can grab him by the pussy. Like, I, uh, how more? How much more satanic do you need to be? Wow. Yeah. Man, man, man. Of course, he will, he, he will instantly be able to justify that somehow. <laughs> they're, they're real, real good at, like, justifying their own positions no matter what those positions are. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. that Lady Gaga... Lady Gaga. I love. I love how you said it. Gaga. He. 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 I swear he has the same accent as uh, Larry Daryl and Daryl. That's a little bit of an old reference for you youngins out there. Yeah, but uh, you think <laughs> might be a little bit dated. If you're over seventy, you might remember that one. From the what? But if you, is it from the New Heart show? It's or the, from New Heart, the one that's just simply called New Heart. Not. I think there were seven different shows. One was the New Heart show. One was the Bob New Heart show. Mm-hmm. One was just New Heart. One yeah. was Old Heart. One was, you never know. Yeah, but yes, yeah. Heart and Heart, Heart but, to Heart, Heart to. That wasn't Bob New Heart. That was a different one. Should have been. They I would have loved it if that was Bob New Heart. <laughs> it would have been a better show. Oh man! All right. Well, we had some folks write in. We had uh, an, an email that I've got to read. Uh, this is from Melinda. Who says, hi, Frank and Dan. I was listening to show number 376, where you were talking about Pope Francis acknowledging the sexual abuse of nuns, mm-hmm. and you said something that caught my attention. Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. We're in trouble. Uh, as a former Catholic, I feel obligated to point out that there is no such thing as a, quote, healthy sex life mm-hmm. within a Catholic marriage. Sex exists only within the confines of a marriage and only for the procreation of children. Oh. Not ever for pleasure and not ever uh, outside of marriage. Hmm. Of course, very few Catholics actually conform to this. However, hmm. the teachings uh, begin early and contribute to, the, to a huge sense of shame surrounding anything remotely sexual. I did not go to Catholic school, but I had weekly Catholic education sessions, read Forced Indoctrination, hmm. uh, from, the qu- from the first grade until I finally refused to go as a freshman in high school due to my increasingly uncomfortable thoughts about the role of women in Catholicism. Anyway, the first time I remember hearing the edicts about sex was I was in third grade, oh. nine years old, nothing explicit uh, uh, huh. at that age. But the lessons were repeated annually and got more and more involved every year, hmm. sometimes directly contradicting what we were taught in health classes. It was confusing <laughs> and deeply damaging. Oh. So healthy sex and Catholicism, that's a no. Oh, no. Yeah. Well, Melinda, uh, I, I mean, I, hell, I can relate. Mormons are, yeah. uh, are pretty fucked up about sex, too. But at least Mormon, in Mormonism... 
it's okay to enjoy it once you're married. Yes. You know what I mean? And actually, there's no specific prohibition on birth control. Many Mormons feel like there is. Yeah, yeah. But there isn't. Yeah. Yeah. Religion's not awesome about sex. They are. They might have missed a couple of the boats on sex. Yeah. (laughs) They, uh... They don't yeah, get they, it. They don't seem to miss an opportunity to uh, make it seem evil and bad. Yeah, that's the so. Lord's own truth. <laughs> uh, hey, I'm going to start us off on the on on the donors because mm-hmm. we had a PayPal donor. Uh, so thanks to new uh, venerable. Is that what we decided? Venerable, venerable listener Keith. Oh, fantastic! Uh, so thank you so much. And then what have you got? Well, we have one new donor on Patreon. Okay. Um. But this donor is uh, making a splash. Ooh. Let me tell you. What? Uh, he is joining the Pantheon. Ooh. And he goes by the name Jash. Well, fancy and Jash. I think you have to say it that way. Jash. 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 Well, well <laughs> tell me about this Pantheon. Uh, well, the Pantheon is made up of now six donors. These are the... the, the uh, Sort of the the top donors, our top tier. Um, they all go uh, collectively by the name Jash, Scat, Hannah, Liz, uh, D, and Judy. Wow! <laughs> I don't know why that's anyway. Um, and these kind folk all went to uh, our uh, and joined up on Patreon mm-hmm. by going to our website. Thank God I'm atheist.com. They clicked on the support tab where they got the option to either go to PayPal or to Patreon. Um, on Patreon, uh, there's rewards and whatnot. You also yep. can gain access to an ad-free version of the show, which, which might be appealing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, uh, and, uh, we, do, we do a weekly diary, an audio diary that you can listen to. Special uh, content, yep. people, so. all over there. Uh, and you can uh, check that out if you decide that you want to. It would be greatly appreciated if you could. And uh, we thank all of our donors and all of our supporters And, uh, yeah, we couldn't do it without you. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Amen. Dan. Hey, sir. The Mormons. Yeah, we talk about them quite a bit uh, because that's, uh, you know. That's what we know. You sculpt with the clay you're given. Yeah, and uh, we both uh, live in Salt Lake City. Yeah. Which there's, uh, you know, there's a good presence of the LDS church here. It's an interesting, you know, I think it's unique in these United States uh, or even on this continent. You don't get a place that is so... Tied in to one single religion Hmm. in the United States of America. You don't get a place that is just like so interwoven, just politically, politically, historically, Mm -hmm. culturally Mm -hmm. with a single weirdo religion (laughs) like you do in Salt Lake City. So we uh, you, our listeners are are well informed Mm. about about Mormonism. In our little corner of the globe, yeah, um, yeah, they've they've been up to some interesting things lately. They, yeah, they seem to be aware on a very real level about the things that 
might that be rubbing suck. some of their members the wrong they, way. They are realizing how badly they <laughs> suck and trying to make take a few steps to suck a little bit less or to yeah. or to be perceived as sucking less. And, yeah, you know, it's funny because like a lot of the changes that they've made through the years, I always perceived as sort of maybe socially or culturally trying to keep up. Right? Sure. Um, like when they were 40 years late and decided, oh, yeah, we should probably let the the black folk have <laughs> full, sort of full membership, membership in the church. In the church. So. Um, yeah. And uh, it, it always seemed like it was more like that kind of stuff. It never seemed to me. And maybe it was just, you know, like I was too young to really realize or whatever. Hmm. But these most recent changes, and there's been a series of them, they seem to be removing what I would, would call like points of friction mm-hmm. that the membership might actually be having with the church itself. Right. Like taking a three hour church requirement right. on Sundays and reducing that down to two hours. Yeah. Um, We're taking a half hour off of the temple ceremony. Yeah. Um, By the way, people who are used to that one hour block of church, or, uh-huh. you know what I mean? Right. Uh, they may hear two hours and think, oh, my God, that's the worst. That's torture or whatever. <laughs> uh, but you got to understand that if you were a Mormon, if you grew up in Mormonism or if, you, uh, if you've been used to the three-hour block, a two-hour block of church is going to feel like, like you didn't even go. It's oh, gonna, yeah. It's going to feel like you're cheating. That load just got lightened, <clears throat> folks. Yeah. Um, and yeah, there, there've been a couple of these, uh, what were, what were some of the others? Um, oh, this week they yeah. just announced that the, the, those young Mormon missionaries, right? Uh, those little shits that knock on your door every now and then. <laughs> well, they used to have a, a, a rule, a, a hard, hard rule. It was in place was when you were not, in there. That, yep. And it was not to be broken that you got two calls home a year. Yep. Mother's Day and Christmas, and that was it. All other contact with your family had to be by, like, letters. Right. Letters home. Yes. In the mail. And I remember when it was, it was, it was groundbreaking when they, when they started to allow email. Right. Um, yeah. But now they're saying, they're, they're, they're just breaking the chains of oppression, people, <laughs> because now these, these, these poor missionaries can actually write home or can actually call home once a week. Once a week. It jumped from twice a year to once every week. Oh, my God. And madness. And let me tell you, like, uh, not all Mormons are are completely down with this. No, they are not necessarily they, on board. They think that that, that isolation uh, and, uh, you know, depression <laughs> that <Yeah>. would <laughs> set on, settle in on these kids was actually a, a good thing. It's a it's, built character. It's a character building thing. Um, yeah, hundred percent. And it let them focus on the tasks at hand rather than being distracted by things like you know family your, uh, connections. Yeah, exactly. And uh, the last thing you need is is to be is is to be feel supported and. And, oh, and, no. and loved and all that. It's a time for you to grow and develop as a human being. Yeah. Well, what are you, gen- some kind of mama's boy? <laughs> a generation, though, that was raised by helicopter parents. Right. Uh, was having a very, very difficult time being out and disconnected. Right. Like, us Gen Xers, 
You know, like our parents, I was glad to be rid of them. I know our parents barely noticed that we were around and we didn't want them, and <laughs> it was fine. And I left, and and oh, probably two months in before they noticed I was gone. Yeah, and but. and yeah, when Christmas rolls around, it was like, oh, I guess I better call my folks. Ugh. Ugh. Um, <laughs> I mean it, that policy was probably in place as much to save the church money on long distance charges as it was anything else. Oh no, like, the families will be paying for these. <laughs> There's no way the church is footing the bill. No way. Yeah, the that's the other thing is that, yeah, people pay for this stuff by themselves. Uh, anyway, here's the deal. Uh, oh, and oh, and we should also mention that lady missionaries, m- you might see a lady missionary in trousers. <gasps> <laughs> so, oh, my God. Big changes have happened. And what, <laughs> what we can't uh, make clear to you is, uh, the, you listeners who are not former Mormons, <laughs> is how big... An earthquake this feels like. Yeah. The, I us. was thinking seismic. So it's, it's funny you say earthquake. It's yeah. huge. It's These are like really big, like kind of mind-blowing things that have happened in the last year. Right. Uh, with this crazy new uh, president of the church, this new prophet. This young reformer, yeah. you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's he's barely in his 90s at this point. He's He's a he, uh, he's in oh, his he's early nineties. Yeah. yeah, no, he's a youngin. So uh, he's got years ahead of him. Who knows what what reforms his his tenure will? Well, will, will I can tell you what's not coming the down the pike. They are not in any danger anytime soon of following in the United Methodist uh, footsteps of like of allow of of accepting homosexuals. Oh, Dan, how dare you? The gays are how dare you project? Should not be looking for no. uh, enfranchisement in the no. LDS church anytime soon. It is clear to me that Rusty Nelson <laughs> is a true reformer of the highest caliber. Okay. Uh so that's a frank prediction. Uh gays <laughs> In the Mormons. I predict that someday they're going to have to figure it out. Well, they are. They absolutely I don't are. think it's... I agree with you. It's not happening anytime soon. Uh, but it's going to be sooner than those top leaders even want it to be. Oh, yeah. Well, they'll be dead, but like... The, well, whoever they are. Whoever they it's are. It's just like how they were gritting their teeth when they allowed blacks to have the priesthood. And they were... they have to do this. And they were... Ah, why would the Lord make us have to do this? And they're, they were late to the game. Like, that yeah. was... You know, that was the late 70s when they did yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, so they were well behind the curve on that. They will also be well behind the curve on the LGBTQ uh, population. Oh, yeah. But yeah. it will happen. And probably there will be a schism. Um but you know what? We do have some <laughs> predictions for the immediate future. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some, and some of these sound crazy. To a Mormon ear. To a Mormon yeah. ear. Yeah. But a couple of them come uh, from interesting sources. Yes, indeed. Uh, we may. I don't remember talking about this. I, I do think that the word of wisdom, this is the sacrosanct, sacred uh, word, uh, set of rules about what Mormons do eat what mormons uh imbibe oh, all of these things it's yeah. they're, they're it's very limited Mormon. on their imbibing they do not drink alcohol they do not drink coffee or tea they right. do not smoke right but they'll eat uh, contrary to actually the word of wisdom <laughs> they eat red meat in uh by the by the fistfuls by the truckful yeah yeah exactly uh so so yes they they've always been selective but that one isn't a in prohibition. That one's just that one's just you do something in moderation. So they they interpret moderation 
as being however they want to <laughs> every meal right exactly. we will have red meat at every meal well i don't eat it for all my snacks sometimes oh, wait is beef jerky does that count as red uh, meat oh shit it is for all my i snacks. ate chicken on wednesday so that was <laughs> i feel like that counts anyway but that was just for <clears throat> breakfast so yes. and, you know i have bacon for breakfast that's that's the other white meat pork <laughs> so we're we're in good shape over there um I do, but, but the rumor is that tea and possibly coffee, so weird possibly, I don't know. Coffee, I don't know. I feel like there's a line there. I feel like maybe, I, I think, feel I like we, see them we might not get coffee. Co- I f- could see them somehow trying to figure out tea. I don't know how they figure that out. <laughs> well, the way that they figure all of these things out, which is just the Lord has told us a new, a new word. The Lord has given us a revelation. It's a new word of wisdom. It's Ooh, a, it could be the new word of wisdom. The new, the even wiser word of the wisdomist. Yeah. Uh, I, so. It's funny to me because like, A, that kind of speculation, like, like, where is that coming from? Like, why would, well, like, we can say, look at it on the surface. Why would that even be something that's in the rumor mill? Well, there are reasons. As you know, the Mormon church very much likes to increase their numbers. Mm. They have a very large marketing wing of young people that they send out and make them. uh, Right. But coffee and tea has always been a hard sell. But here's the thing. Yeah. But they want Asia. And if you want Asia, (laughs) telling Asians to give up tea (laughs) is is like telling middle-aged women in utah county to give up diet coke you can't do it right i would say telling modern america to give up coffee is also ludicrous it's true we are fucking addicted yeah literally addicted indeed to the stuff well i'm i'm not i could give it up anytime oh i'm sure you could i just won't Yeah, but nonetheless, now that's interesting. So you, so, so you're thinking like go to India and China. They're looking at China. They're looking at India. They're looking at China's never gonna. They're not gonna let them in. They're too, they they're are in. weird. They're in. They're in China. At least they have mainland been. China. I know. Uh, they're in Hong Kong. They're in that's Hong Kong. different. Anyway, uh, the the Lord has told them to get into China. <laughs> we'll see how that works. We'll see how it goes. Uh, but but uh, I think uh, we may be seeing tea coming down the down the pike. Like just oolong? <laughs> Are they going to be selective? Herbal? Are o- they going to throw only herbal? Throw a bone to their their British folk and give them some Earl Grey and yeah. I think I think you got to go the whole you got to go the whole gamut. Hey. Green, black. Mormons would so love to get on top of tea time. Oh, the oh. sisters would love to do after. Oh, tea. they would love tea. They are going to go fucking nuts if that's and true. The, and and believe me, here's the thing. And here, this is so indicative of this is so representative of Mormonism right here. I mentioned this rumor to my mother-in-law, <laughs> possibly against my better judgment. <laughs> I said, yeah, because this could so backfire. Like a Mormon could be like, how dare you? Right. Yeah. She could be mad. Here's her, her response. I was like, tea, maybe coffee, blah, blah, blah. And I thought she might be like, because the, the one, the one response is just 
that she gets very quiet and says, well, maybe. And then, and then like quickly changes the, the subject Okay, because it sounds like I'm saying something anti-Mormon. Sure. Because I'm right. saying, but she knows that I actually, like I've actually said things in the past that have come to pass. I am a prophet Ooh. of her own church <laughs> in terms of like predicting things. That Dan. So, and she knows that I don't mean her any harm. Now she did not always know this. Um, I think she's come to believe that I love her and want only good things for her. So anyway, so her immediate response was, "Oh, you know what? If that happens, I would like to try one of those. What are they called? Is it a cappuccino? <laughs> Is that what those are? I a cappuccino? They just look. They look so pretty. I would Aww. like to try that." Well, get some good latte art. She get, should like, yeah, get a pretty little uh, flower, you, you a tree, that, that a heart, n- nice foam at the top. It's, oh my god, it's, it's so, so good. intriguing. Oh, like she would just love a latte. She turned on a dime, just speculative, speculatively, just threw away just, all the years of abhorring all of coffee, right. Right. No, exactly. never. Yeah. Oh, devil juice. A hundred, no, a hundred years of history eschewing <laughs> this drink. And w- the, just the sniff of it might be okay. And she is on board. It's <laughs> probably all she's been able to think about. <laughs> she just she said that. She sees those cups come out of Starbucks and she's like, what is that like? Yeah. Oh, I just wish I could try it. It was beautiful. Smells yeah. wonderful. Oh god, she's probably one of those. She oh, probably that loves was, the smell. Of that coffee. was me. I and uh, believe me, when I first tasted coffee, just like drip coffee, and what didn't, a disappointment. I was like, "This is the worst. <laughs> I have been lied to by the smell. That robust, beautiful smell, and it's this bitter, sad, watered down version." I know. Oh, the the little Mormon boy was so upset. Imagine two years of walking around Italy. Italy smelling the best coffee that there Ugh, is. Oh, my God. Oh. oh, my God. It was oh. torture. And a lot of my companions, most of my companions were just like, oh, it smells awful. Really? Yeah. Oh. And I don't know if that was just the conditioning of the whole thing. They just had to tell themselves that, no, that's awful. But, like, I, I grew up with, you know, grandparents who weren't mm-hmm. Mormon. And so, like, that was the smell of their, ho- their yeah. home. And then oh, this smelled yeah. even better than that. Oh, yeah. Right? Re- I'm also slightly fond of a little, little slight musty uh, cigarette smell. Mm. <laughs> I'm very fond of, like, a, 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 a like, like, it's the grossest smell. And it just takes me right back to my grandma's Well, that's house. what's funny, man. When you were raised Mormon and you went into a non-Mormon's house, oh. the smell was Different. Oh yeah, it was a different smelling home. Yes, absolutely. I mean, if no other, for no other reason, maybe they use spices in their cooking. What are they doing? <laughs> what is that smell? Garlic? I've never heard of it. What is that? Am I allowed? To, I don't I'm think I'm allowed. Familiar with pepper? I don't think I'm allowed to eat that. Pepper was so spicy. Oh my gosh, that was spice. That's my dad had uh, hot sauce. He he had Tabasco sauce. Oh my! And I was and I you know at one point I tasted and was like, oh, oh, oh. Tabasco. That's hysterical. Wow. So they. I think actually one time my mom actually put Tabasco sauce on my tongue for swearing. <gasps> that was my punishment. Yeah, I think my mom did that to my sister once. Yeah. Oh God. There you That's go. That's some old school parenting right yep. there. Get over here. 
Well, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if any of this translates to our non-Mormon listeners because we're talking about stuff that sounds so insignificant and feels so enormous. Yeah, it's so funny well, how because, stupid I mean, this is. But that's the thing, and that's that. <laughs> in my mind, is what is so inherently wrong with Mormonism, and and maybe this is part. Maybe somebody at you know downtown actually has this in their head, which is. All of these other little th- obsessions mm-hmm. that Mormons have, because these are obsessions, yeah, right, and they are the focus of and what it, it, and what it means to be Mormon, right? Yeah, these weird little things that maybe if you just lost a few of them, they could actually focus on some things that are important. Yeah, except that Mormons do; they can't lose them all because Mormons, uh, more, the Mormon identity is a largely about we are different. Oh, and let me tell you, they're different. They're different. You 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 can take a you could let them drink alcohol. You could <laughs> let, you could let them do all sorts of things. They're still going to be different. Yeah, they're still going to be weird and different because unless you get rid of the temple one hundred percent, which they'll never do. Yeah, that's their little sa- special sacred thing. Right. Um, they're just weird. I don't see the alcohol thing happening. Here's here's a interesting they, maybe, question. They could allow wine and beer. That would maybe, work with the word of wisdom. Maybe beer because the word of wisdom says no hard drink. And back in the day, hard drink meant spirits. It did not mean beer. Right. So that's a maybe. But I don't see it happening. Here's what I. Here's what I. Okay. The horse race now is. Do they have gay marriage first, or do they have alcohol first? Place your bets. Place your bets, everybody. It's a horse race. Gay marriage. Yeah, I think gay marriage too. Gay marriage. I think it's gay marriage. Yeah, I don't. I don't see them budging. There's on no alcohol. so. There's no social pressure to give to 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 start drinking alcohol. There will be in the social pressure yeah. to accept homosexuality is is there and will just constantly be ratcheting. Well, and and if you've lived so the leadership of the church, they're all ancient, right? Yeah, they're 130 years old. There yeah. are plenty like. If you start off your life and you're okay with your gay brother or gay cousin or whatever, you're going to age into it. Yeah. Right? You're going to be an older person and you're going to still love your gay brother. Right? Yeah. And, but the whole alcohol thing, they see it as a so, – they still see they're, – they're of the mindset that it's a social ill. Yeah. Right? Which is why they, they legislate every year against yeah. alcohol in this state. Right? They keep, it's funny because they don't actually make any substantive changes to alcohol legislation in the, in the state of Utah. It's perfectly they, accessible. They just keep sh- finding new ways to make it annoying to drink. Just inconvenient. They change the rules so you have to learn some new stupid rule. <laughs> the next time you go into a restaurant, they're going to tell you, you know, nope, I'm sorry you can't do that, but you can do this. Right, exactly. And, and then it's the like, rest- oh, well, that's how you get my alcohol. Now a restaurant has to put up a sign that says it's not a bar, and a bar right. has to put up a sign. Oh, now they don't. one year. Now they don't have that to anymore. a requirement for one year. <laughs> so, so come and to, right now the big thing is, is that you you can't stand with a drink in your hand. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. Yes, I was. It's so fucking stupid. And that's not for bars out of staters. Right. Don't 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 think that it's totally. You can go to a bar and it's perfectly normal. But if you go to well, a, mostly normal. If you go to a restaurant and you order a beer at the bar and then they say your table's ready, you can't carry that drink to your table. You can't. Someone can carry that a drink. Staff member. Can. A member of the staff of the restaurant can carry. Can take your drink. You you fucking put that shit down. Yeah. 
and you walk over and get somebody else to carry your drink for you. Unreal. <laughs> Don't stand up. Unreal. Okay, well, uh, uh, there you go. That's This has been Mormon Watch <laughs> uh, for today. Uh, if you have anything you'd like to speculate about your religion, you can write to us, podcast at thankgodimatheist.com, or... You can call and leave us a voicemail message. The telephone number is 424-666-8442. Yes, go to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash TGI Atheist, and click that like button. And while you're on Facebook, uh, search for the TGIA Members Only Lounge and request to join. Uh, We'll let you in. Yep. Uh, It's a closed group. It protects your anonymity. Yeah. And all that. And you get to, yeah, you'll be in in communion with your fellow heathens. Hey, speaking of Facebook, thanks so much to Mackenzie for all of her amazing work on the Facebook page. And thanks to Danny and Amy for their work as moderators on the Members Only Lounge. And a big thanks goes out to the Red Rock Hot Club and Gordon Johnston for the use of their music. Yeah, and thanks again to our patrons. And thanks to you, dear friends, for listening to the show. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.